51 with Tim Witzak. We're just going to continue the conversation we were just having before we start recording. We'll get to whatever we're going to talk about later. But we were talking about David Goggins. And yeah, no, I so a little bit about myself. So Dr. Peter McCullough put me in touch with you, but um, I lost a sibling to suicide in 2014. I had just gotten into medical school. And my life kind of came crashing down. I was doing a bunch of drugs, got really, really fat, long hair, had to move home to my parents' house in 2016 and lived home for five years, which was a harrowing experience as a grown man. But I discovered Goggins like halfway through. And mm. whenever I would, like I was trying to, I taught myself Photoshop and I was trying to build like a, like a, like a, like a clothing company and that, that was pre-podcast. But I would just listen to him. I'd be like two in the morning and I'd be working on something or even with the podcast, like, you know, when I got banned, permanently banned from YouTube, you know, one of the things I listened to was just Goggins. You know, he's mm-hmm. just like what he said about, like, you know, opening the door, like in like Iraq when you're breaching a house. He's like, mm-hmm. open the door. You might get shot in the face and then it's over. But don't don't peek in and then be that guy that peeked in. If you're going to open the door, right. open the fucking door. And so right. so I was like. If I'm going to get banned, I'm not going to, I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to get on Peter McCullough and Dr. Malone. Like if I'm going to get banned, I'm going to be a white guy in front of an American flag getting banned. Like just open the fucking door. And his other thing, you must see what it, what is, uh, you must identify what is in front of you and then eviscerate it, or you must destroy anyone and anything in front of you. And I just love that mindset of just, if it's, if it's in your way, fucking annihilate it. And for everyone listening, we were talking about foul language and you brought up, she's like, I don't know if you've heard about David Goggins. And I was like, I fucking love David Goggins, but please introduce yourself. (laughs) Well, first of all, I'm Kim Witzak and it's funny. I do love David Goggins and I love his mentality. Like I love that because you know, I'm, it'll make sense when I tell you my story. Sure. But um, so I like to call myself an accidental advocate. I never set out to do drug safety work or any of the work that I do now. But sometimes, you know, life um, chooses, you know, life's purpose Mm -hmm. kind of chooses us and we may not have chose it. And so I kind of look at my life and what I do and like the passions I have because of what happened to me personally. So I have spent my entire career in advertising, marketing, you know, living like just a normal life, whatever. But back in 2003, um, I had something, a tragedy happen in my life that forever changed it and put me on a whole different trajectory of my life. And uh, I was married um, to my husband, Woody, of almost 10 years. And he had just started his dream job, went to the um, his doctor and was given an antidepressant for insomnia off label and um, told him it would, he gave, got him three weeks worth, told him to take it, it'll take the edge off and help him sleep. I happened to be out of the country the first three weeks he was on the drug. I was down on, um, in New Zealand on an advertising shoot and, um, you know, talked to him, but, you know, we're also distance. But I came home and I was super excited to come to see him. And I'll never forget, he walking through his back, our back door and he was in his blue dress shirt, like sweating through it. He fell down on the floor in a, you know, put his hand like in a fetal position around his head, like, Kim, Kim, you got to help me. I don't know what's happening. My head's outside my body looking in. You got to help me. And he was just like, I've never seen that in his, in in my life. I've been with him for 10 years um, or married almost 10 years. And I remember like, what? And so we calmed him down, um, you know, he he was like praying, breathing, 
yoga, like whatever we could. And eventually he called his doctor and asked, um, you know, told him what happened. The doctor said, you got to give it four to six weeks to kick in the drug. Um, so meanwhile, the next week of his life, you know, every night Woody would come home. What do you think about acupuncture? What do you think about hypnosis? I'm going to beat this feeling in my head. Well, I happened to be out of town. Wouldn't I talked all the time? We both traveled. I hadn't heard from him. And, um, finally by like, and it was crazy, like by like nine o'clock at night, Detroit time, I called my dad and I said, do me a favor. Like I haven't heard from Woody all day. Like I'm thinking he might've like fallen and hit his head or something. Well, next thing, about half hour later, my phone rings and, and my dad's like screaming, it's bad, it's bad. And I'm like, what do you mean it's bad? And he's like, Woody's dead. And I'm like, what do you mean Woody's dead? And he's like, Woody's hanging. I'm like, what? Literally, um, this guy who had no history of um, mental health um, issues, no depression, no any of that. He wasn't depressed. It made no sense. Like in a minute, my whole life just went And I remember being, um, sitting in Detroit on a photo shoot, like my, I didn't even know how to even comprehend what was going on. But meanwhile, when, um, so my dad had called my brother-in-law and sister, they came over to the house and the coroners called me and they wanted to know if Woody was on any medication. And I was like, uh, like, I didn't even, I didn't even know the name. I mean, that's how involved, like, you know, you think about how easy this system, this works. And she said, oh, there's a bottle of Zoloft sitting right on the kitchen counter. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. And she goes, oh, we're going to take it with us. It might have something to do with his death. And so it was like, huh? You know, but like, you know, meanwhile, I mean, my life had just fallen apart. And the, um, the other thing that was, interesting that day that he was found the front page of our newspaper had an article that said the uk finds link between antidepressants and suicide in teens and it was like and woody did not leave note like we trapped like i said we traveled so we always left notes for each other so there was no note but those were like in my mind those were his two notes you know the bottle that was left on the kitchen counter uh-huh. and the fact that the newspaper said and so obviously that had happened that night, but my brother-in-law, um, who became my biggest um, ally in my, our advocacy work out in DC, he went home that night and Googled Zoloft and suicide. And we had no idea that of the things that we didn't know, that the FDA held hearings, advisory committee hearings um, on Prozac and the link to antidepressants and su- or, um, suicide and violence in 1991. And at that point, every one of those advisory members took money from industry. And at the time, the FDA said, we need you, Eli Lilly, to study suicidality. And meanwhile, the FDA never followed up with them. And we have now GSK that comes out with Paxil and Pfizer that comes out with Zoloft on the market. And it's also approved for kids. And so that, and this happened in August, 2003, that my life changed, but almost within like intuitively in the deepest, deepest, deepest part of me, I knew that something was wrong. Like, there's no way, Woody, like we just were booking our trips. Like, Woody loved life. And everybody was like, oh, he was depressed. And I'm like, mm, I'm telling you, there's no possible way. Like, you know, I, could, I mean, there's no way. And so what um, eventually, like we started going out to DC, pushing Congress, um, eventually, um, 
there, you know, Congress did start investigating. The House started investigating the link between antidepressants and suicide. And in 2004, um, we got black box warnings put on the drugs for kids. And then in 2006, um, we got them added to young adults up to age 24. And to this day, it's still not all ages. Um, but but through that whole process, um, it kind of put me on a journey. You know, I also had a big wrongful death um, failure to warn lawsuit against Pfizer. And I start, and we got documents out from under seal that showed that these guys have known about it. They did nothing about it. The FDA knew about it. You know, and you start looking at this whole um, behavior and truthfully, truthfully, I thought I did my mission, right? Like we've got black box warnings on, I'm done. I'm going back to my old life. I want to, you know, like nobody really yeah. wants to do this on. And what I learned is, no, it's actually, it wasn't just an isolated in, in, um, incident with antidepressants. It's actually, it, it's how our whole drug safety system, how drugs come on market, um, et cetera, you know. And so I've stayed involved um, ever since. I've, you know, I continue to, to work on these issues. Um, testified before the U.S. Senate on FDA reform issues and how we can make it better and um, make it better. Uh, and then I, to, today I sit on um, one of the FDA um, psychopharmacologic drugs advisory committee as a consumer representative. So I feel like I have this really bizarre kind of background, you know, that's my personal and advertising and marketing. So I get that. Um, I had this personal tragedy that and a curious mind that just kept going deeper and deeper and understanding like what, like what happened. And the fact that like, all, I mean, I think about the FDA knew in 91, did nothing about it. How many lives and are continue to be like, you know, continue to be impacted. And this still like people will say, oh, even like I'll hear regular medicine um, today, they'll be like, oh, that's not, that doesn't apply to adults. And like, you think now with the pandemic and all the people taken and the mental health is rise, um, is rising and uh, prescription rates are rising. And so um, I think, you know, circling all that back to David Goggins. So it's what I love about David Goggins, like life happens. And yeah. it's like, are you going to take it? Or are you going to like look it in the face and like bust through the door? And that's why I, I just can't stop because I've seen, because lives like lives have changed. Like lives are being ruined and destroyed at the, at the power of like the almighty dollar. And I'm yeah. all about money, but not at people's expense. Yeah. Like shame on you. It's no, 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 no. I, I, I love it because my, I see, I didn't, I didn't know any of that. Dr. McCullough just, Dr. Shout out Dr. McCullough. He just said I should have you on. I didn't know any of that. It's, but no, I mean, my, my thing is it's, it's good to have someone on whose past is as convoluted as mine. And people, <laughs> when people are like, so what do you do for a living? I'm like, you got a minute? <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's to show like, Got in a medical school out of the University of Georgia in 2013, graduated magna cum laude, kicked the shit out of the MCAT, published toxicology research, got in a medical school at the University of Miami Miller School of Medicine. But I wasn't really happy. I, 
I, I was happy with the idea of having a white coat and being a doctor. I had the girlfriend, was in great shape. And I was like, is this what I really want to do? <laughs> Realized as soon as I graduated, I was like, this isn't what I want to do. And kind of had this moment of like, I have the whole world in front of me. Like as my uncle, who is a physician said, if you're smart enough to be a doctor, you're smart enough to make money doing what you love. So I was mm-hmm. all ready for that. And I was like, I got the world in front of me. And then four months after I graduated, my older brother committed suicide. He was 27. Yeah. I was 23. And so that that just threw me for a loop. So I kind of stuck my head in the sand and just numbed myself to the feelings as the brain will do. And I went right back to it. And I kicked the shit out of the PCAT and got in a pharmacy school. And my logic was, is I want to research these drugs and Mm -hmm. kind of like seeing an explosion in the distance. And then the shockwave hits you finally, like nine months to a year after he died, it finally hit me. And I just started to like nosedive and I was put on clonazepam for horrible anxiety attacks I didn't know anything about it became horribly addicted to it went cold turkey on it my mom's a nurse so I could and it uh, was the worst experience of my life and then like a year after that was pretty suicidal myself and realized I needed to move home so I moved from Georgia to Maryland back home to my parents place no friends girlfriend broke up with me I don't I don't falter that was five years ago god bless her hope she's doing well my whole life went down. And so I started seeing a therapist, started losing. I mean, really, like, almost felt like a car crash victim. Like, truly, I had dissolved, like, my life structure. Like, I had to learn, like, I was like, every day I have to brush my teeth. Like, I have to put on clean clothes. I mean, it sounds silly, but, yeah. like, I had just let go of reality. I was like, I need to put clean clothes on every day. I was like, I need to put deodorant on. That's what adults do. And... Yeah. Over five years from August 1st, 2016, I started this podcast December 12th, 2019. I was doing Photoshop during that first three years. Didn't work out. Created this. It's led to me making some money. Finally moved out of my parents' house in April. Now I'm 31. I've lost about half the amount of weight. Um, you know, I, I enjoy a drink every once in a while, but I don't rely on anything. I don't smoke pot anymore. I don't take pills. I don't. But... You know, I have this whole thing where I love to talk to people from all walks of life, uh, Navy SEALs, Delta Force pilots, and not just military. I've had on, I've had on historians. I've had on a woman, a female powerlifters, a painters, a armored truck drivers. Every, like, I always say it like a hipster. But I started listening to Joe Rogan before anyone like knew who he was. Like before YouTube, he was on something called the UStream, and it was in 2011. And I was like. I remember my friend sent it to me and he was like, hey, the fear factor guy. And I was like, this is the fear factor guy. But he was talking about like doing the right thing and meditating and how we're just on a little rock in the universe. And I was like, this guy's pretty cool. And uh, it blossomed into Joe Rogan. And then that's kind of been my tactic with this podcast is I just talk to whoever I want to talk to about whatever. Some days I wear a collared shirt. Some day I wear a crazy psychedelic hoodie. It's just, you know, it's whatever. It's. But this thing has, in the back of my mind, it's always, my end goal has always been to talk about mental health and mm-hmm. because, because I can, and that not in a gatekeeping sense, but as you know, you know, we can always, uh, and God bless them, but they're always friends and family that are like, you know, if you need to talk, just let me know. And that's nice and all, but it's also kind of like going up to a troop and saying like, thank you for your service. I mean, it's, it's kind of just, you know, yeah, you're just going hard. through the, mo- yeah, you're going through the motions, yeah. but I found when, you know, I have a friend who's maybe slipping here or there, you can, and much like you can as well, and I'm sure you have, I kind of have the ability to just cut through the horse shit where I'm like, you know, 
they're like, yeah, yeah, you know, if I need someone, I'll reach out. And, you know, you kind of grab them by the collar. You're like, hey, motherfucker, uh, my brother's dead. And me and my brothers have his initials tattooed on our shoulders. And it almost led to my death. I'm not, I know your parents. We've known each other since high school. I'm not yeah. watching this again. So you and I are talking, right? And they, they, they kind of see you. They kind of look you in the eye and they're like, all right. And so it's like, I've always known I wanted to use the podcast to sort of elevate mental health, talk about it, hopefully push for some sort of therapy. I personally think that the future of, of mental health care would be some sort of uh, psychedelic therapeutics, not drop acid, go to Woodstock, but rather in a, in a formal setting. Right. I personally think that's what saved my life. That's I had a realization that I was suicidal while on, on mushrooms. But it's also led to just kind of, you know, one thing to another. Never in a million years did I think I'd be doing podcasts about COVID. Like, I don't, I don't mean to be detached from anyone else, but like, you know, my parent, grandparents, all of them passed before the pandemic. So like, I, you know, I'm fine. I'm healthy. I got COVID. It sucked for a week. I'm, I'm kind of detached from it. I personally don't give a shit. It's not a political thing. It's to me, it's just, it's a fascinating thing that's happening in my life and I can observe it. But I, you know, I've interviewed Gerald Posner, author of Pharma, who is mm -hmm. all about everything you're talking about. You know, it's like a 20 hour audio book, all about the Sackler family, Purdue, Oxycontin, knowingly suppressing things and then putting out Suboxone and making money off that, right? It's uh, the 1950s doctors, you know, smoke a lucky strike, you're fine. And it's like, we know that they inverted the health pyramid in the eighties because like the big cereal companies like General Mills paid those Harvard nutritionists to flip it because they wanted everyone to be eating more carbohydrates. And now we know it's the opposite. It should be very little carbohydrates and a lot of protein and fats. And we see it again and again and again, right? As early as, you know, 2009, or as, sorry, as recent as 2009, right? The Pfizer, what is it, 3.2 or $2.3 billion payout for knowingly lying about these things. And the Sackler family, who's still paying out because of their ads, you don't need to go back to the 50s, go back and watch their early 2000s ads. It's a guy who's like, you know, a blue collar guy. He's like, you know, I hurt myself, you know, in, in the mill. And, uh, Thank God for Oxycontin because I'm back to work with no side effects either. And it's and then you can watch videos of like that guy and it'll be his wife and she'll be like, you know, he died in 2010 from suicide going through withdrawals. And I know I'm ranting now, but we both have these convoluted pasts to where now I'm at this point where I read all of that history. I have a love for medicine and pharmacology. I, I never took the class, but I used to because of how much of a weirdo I am. On my on Saturdays in college, I didn't drink. I would read out of the psychopharmacology textbook because I loved it so much. And But when I see things like Dr. McCullough and Dr. Malone, Dr. Fareed, Dr. Hatfield, and they're talking about, here are these guys, these world-class physicians who are, and it's not theoretical, they're talking about, I'm treating patients with COVID with ivermectin, with hydroxychloroquine, with azithromycin, vitamin D, zinc, turmeric, quercetin, and they're like, we're having 99% success rates. All generic, off the shelf, been studied for decades, pennies a pill, let's do this thing. And then there's a coordinated campaign across all of big tech saying, no, misinformation, that's horse paste, you gotta take this new experimental vaccine. I've had on the inventor of that technology who said it's good for some people, it's not good for others. And when I get shut down for that, I don't get shut down for anything else. I get shut down for that. And people are like, well, what do you think's going on? You know, and they kind of like to gaslight it. What, you think it's a depopulation? No, no, not at all. We have a depopulation plan. It's called nuclear weapons. 
No, what, what this is, is the story is all this time. It's money. We know what this is. We've seen it with opioids. As you're talking about, it's not just that they refuse to look at it. They've looked at it. They've done internal studies. They know what the costs are. And they're like, why don't you just slip that under the rug? Because, you know, Q3 is coming up and we need some new investors. And so when people go, well, what do you think is happening? You think that there's a coordinated campaign to shut down alternative treatments because that would make the EUA, the Emergency Youth Authorization Act, voided and thus they couldn't be making record-making profits? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, that, that sounds pretty much right. Sounds pretty much par for the... It doesn't need to be sexy. It's the Illuminati. No, I I think it's guys who are making record-breaking... Moderna has doubled in market cap during the pandemic. They're one of the 400 richest um, that people that came out of the pandemic, right? The COVID. So you <laughs> yeah. look at it, and I actually put up a, um, a video, and it was um, Collins who has now retired or is retiring from NIH. And he's like, he talks about like, this isn't a money making um, for these people. They're not out to make millions. Like it's on my Twitter. And I was like, well, that's interesting because Moderna became like the 400 largest um, people became billionaires during this time. And Pfizer, uh, Pfizer CEO, if I remember correctly, they said we are on pace to make 33.5 billion dollars of revenue in 2021. So for me, I don't know. It seems like, Seems like money's involved. Um, I don't, you know, I I go back to a little hunch. Maybe, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's not that much. Uh, I go back to what my husband used to always tell me. And he, like, Woody um, took on things all the time in the neighborhood. And like, they were putting two cell phone towers in the, you know, two different companies were going to put towers in our neighborhood. And he was fighting Minneapolis city council. Like he was really super active. He was recycling before recycling and all that. But he said, you know, if you ever want to get to the bottom of anything, you got to go follow the money. Like yeah. always, you just follow the money trail and you'll always get to the, the, thing. the simple. It's so simple. And you know, it's funny. Like, I remember one of the things that um, Woody was even working on, and I was so kind of like it wasn't my thing back then. But um, so he learned that um, schools, the government was paying for schools that had, you know, the kids that were, you know, labeled, um, you know, ADHD, the more they had, um, you know, with prescriptions like um, Medicaid, they paid more monies to schools. And so he was already like looking at that, that there was an incentive. That, um, that if the more prescriptions you or more diagnosis you have, the more monies were coming into the school district. And I was like, and no one gives a crap about, like, no one gives a shit about the kids, right? Yeah. And I always say this, like, um, we are considered, like, the irony of the whole thing, like, if I look back and I've met so many people that were just, like, regular people, like, you and I, just living life, whatever, but they're considered acceptable collateral damage. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, they are not acceptable collateral damage. These are somebody's kids, husbands, wives, brothers, sisters, aunts, like parents. Like these are real people's lives that are just simply tossed away. And so it's for the sake of, of money. And, yeah. um, and you know, so the, when you go back to the COVID watching this, I was like, so sitting on my committee um, at, on the Psycho Farm 
committee. So we are looking at a lot of these drugs, like the every almost every drug that has now come in before my committee has come under, um, come into it other, like using breakthrough therapy designation, all these fast tracking mechanisms, yeah. which means that there are no drugs currently on the market. So that's why they don't need the double blinded placebo um, controlled studies, the two of them, which was considered gold standard, right? Okay. So I already knew all of that. And so then I'm watching going, huh, well, I guess if you're going to have EUA, um, emergency use authorization, it means that you have to have no drug or anything on the market that could help, you know, work this. So it was perfect. So of course you have to like trash, you know, yeah. ivermectin and any of those, because if you do, um, then if you, if that is available, then you really can't go and try to use this emergency use authorization, which really, um, as we look at those studies, um, aren't, they're not robust, but, and then, you know, they're not robust to create like enough to make it a now, another one that I always go like, really a one size fits all approach. Like, since when has one size medicine ever worked for everybody in the whole wide world? Like our bodies are different. We think, you know, our bodies process things differently. Um, ages process things differently. Uh, right, you know, ethnic backgrounds mm-hmm. process like, just the way our bodies work. Like, so I, there was, so again, I go back to, I never in a million years, kind of like you, I wasn't, I have never taken on vaccines. I, most of my stuff has been in the drug safety world, like actually pills, right? And I just, I just re-upped on my tetanus vaccine yesterday. Yeah. And people are like, you're anti-vaxxer. I'm like, what? I'm not. No. I got into medical school. I've published research in uh, in toxicology. I can find I can find the NIH thing where the yeah. co-authored. What are you talking about? Like, I'm no, I don't like. And yeah, so, sorry. But you to, can watch. No, but you can watch this, right? So I go back to I go back um, to the my experience, and I still go. Why do I keep doing this? Because it's like banging my head against a wall. But so in the beginning, people, um, we were all like trying to get warnings put on drugs, like on antidepressants. I was called a Scientologist. I'm like, what, what the fuck does that what even mean? Yeah, but you know what it is? It's because the Scientologists have always had a belief, like way back, and if you go back and look at the history in 91 and all the hearings and there were protests and stuff. And so it automatically, part of the narrative was, if you were against it, you were a Scientologist. And I was like, a Scientologist? Like, I couldn't be further from, like, that doesn't even make any sense. Like, if we were, my husband would never have put taken the drug because he would have said, oh, well, we don't yeah. believe in them. So what I noticed on that, um, so when I, uh, after I testified in the U.S. Senate and it was Ted Kennedy and um, Enzi, um, Senator Enzi were the chairs of the Senate Health Committee and Obama and Hillary and Orrin Hatch and Dodd, like all these big wigs were um, sitting around that table. And I was invited to tell Woody's story, um, along with some ideas that I had and how we can make the drug safety market better, right? So afterwards, um, you know, that was, I mean, it was so surreal because Woody liked politics. I hated politics. So I was like, I could kind of feel him sitting yeah. right on my shoulder. Yeah. Um, but afterwards, went up to Senator Dad's office to pick up, you know, collect my brief, you know, like all my bags and stuff. 
And he said, um, you should know this, but um, NAMI, the National Alliance for Mentally Ill, um, which is mm-hmm. an advocacy group, right? The chief lobbyist came by all of the senator's offices that were on that committee with my written statement and said, don't believe a word she's saying. She's a Scientologist. And literally at that moment, um, my brother-in-law was super pissed. And so he's like, we're going over to our representative who um, sadly has passed away, Jim Ramstead, kind of a moderate Republican that worked on both sides. He was awesome. And we went over there because he worked with NAMI all the time to do with, you know, like some bill that he had with Franklin or Franken or Franken, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Um, so we go over there and um, and we got to, he, we said, do you know that this is what they said is I'm a Scientologist. So he called their head of lobby um, to come into his office and we got to confront each other about like, why would you lie? Like I'm a Scientologist, but I know what it is. It's all about discrediting, right? Yeah. So now fast forward, I'm looking at all the COVID stuff. You even question it. Like in the very beginning in, I think it was December of last year, I put some kind of post out where I was just like asking all these questions. And do you know how many people called me an anti-vaxxer? I'm like, oh, they'll, 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 cut, like they'll cut your throat. They'll cut your throat I mean, and drink your blood. Oh, it's ridiculous. And so I'm the furthest thing from being an anti-vaxxer, anti-drug. No, I'm just truth and transparency and, you know, like, and warnings and stuff. Like, let's have a conversation. And why like since when is so that's the other thing I've noticed that with this and like antidepressants but a lot of people don't know that history but I've been through that to see there's so many parallels and I look at this and I'm like you can't even have a conversation because we're have different sciences and or like you know sitting on my FDA thing um, committee I'll be like why wouldn't you want to have people who have scientists that are people maybe from another country that are seeing something different than us. Like, why wouldn't you want to hear their point of view? And then we have like this debate and conversation and then we can go, okay, where does ours? Yeah. But like, we can't even do that. Like it's already decided. Nope. Fauci science. That's it. It, It's what, it's what, it's what the comedian Tim Dillon said. He goes, you know, it's, it's okay to not like answers to things. You know, we will we'll always argue on answers. He goes, we're, we're quickly approaching a society that's, they're normalizing it to where now you can't ask the questions. And that, that is the, the precipice to a dark age. I mean, I've always, science is, the idea of trust the science is the most antithetical statement to science ever. That's like saying, I have faith in God because, or, or like you can't believe in God until you prove he's real. And it's like the whole thing is faith. So with science, yeah. trust the science is no science yeah. is is science is an element, right? It's an element that whether you're on Earth or whether you're on Mars or whether you're in a different galaxy, whether it's 2021 or whether it's <laughs> eight billion years ago, science, an element is something that you you boil it down, you break it apart and you go, this, this, this is helium. This is what it is. It's got they might have different words for it, but they go, it's got this proton, this neutral. Here's titanium and it's this and it's that. And it's that's what science is, is you break it down. It doesn't matter if you speak the same languages. Right. It's like the pyramid mm-hmm. was invented on like several different continents. It's because it's they find a way like the most the most stable way to like pile up mass or you know, the idea of shutting things down, 
That's not science. We all know that gravity on Earth is 9.81 meters per second squared. So if I pick up, I don't know, this little glass cleaner and I drop it, there we go. It just dropped 9.81 meters per second squared. It's in the textbooks. I learned that, but we could also test it, right? We could take the frames, the what is it, 60 frames per second on this camera. We could zoom in. We could do the math on it, see how quickly it's following. You could actually see it accelerating. Now, if I start coming out and go, I think it's 10.81 meters per second square. Rightfully so, a lot of people would go, you're a fucking moron. Sure, you know, yeah. more power to it. Merry Christmas, David Goggins, right? Just <laughs> Merry Christmas, right? But you don't suppress it. You go, what you do is you go, hey, let's prove this moron wrong. Here's this video. Yeah. What we're going to do is we're going to slow it down. Here's a time ticker. We can see it moving. It's one half equals eight RT, whatever the hell the equation is. See it falling. It's 9.81. Hey, Tommy, here's your phone. Drop your phone. We're going to do that. Oh, look at that. It just fell. You break it down. That science, what you do is you make a fool of me and you show right. you're an idiot. And then eventually when I keep making these claims, they go, dude, you've been proven wrong so many times. No one comes along and they put a banner on the video and they go, beware, he's talking about 10.81 meters per second squared. They, they go, oh, that's the gravity guy. No, you you break it down and once in a blue moon, it can't be broken down and people start going, well, hold on, I think he might be right. And I don't know, like maybe the world is round. Maybe we right. go around the sun. And what happens? You burn them at the stake. But a decade goes by, a century goes by, five centuries go by, and now we look at it and it's like, oh yeah, those are the same morons that burned witches at the stake. Now that doesn't bring, uh, what was it? Bruno, doesn't bring the astronomer Bruno back. He was burned at the stake. But we now look back and we go, oh yeah, the Catholic Church was doing that, and and you know they're the idiots yeah. with their head in the sand, or you know you gotta pray to the rain god and you gotta behead your firstborn child, and now we have crops, and it's like no, you you just needed irrigation, right? And it's it's just the science breaks it down. That's what science is. So when there's this coordinated effort to trust the science and can even like I've talked, I've interviewed a guy that walked on the moon. Some people are like, we didn't go to the moon. Well, eventually, just as with all technology, cell phones and planes and phones, eventually, maybe my grandkids or great grandkids, it will be as easy to go to the moon as it will be for me to get an Uber. And you'll be able to go there and go, well, there's the Apollo rover. There's the flag. There it is. You don't you won't need to hide it and go, no, it happened. You can just go or maybe it's not there. Who knows? You can go and find the Titanic and go, yeah, it's broken in half. There it is. The truth is, it just is. It's like an element. It's like a nuclear law. It's like the force of gravity on Earth. It's just what it is. And when people start having to paint it and, you know, block out the sun with some black paint on the window and go, trust us, it's not it's not raining outside. And you go, can I just look through the window? And they go, no, you're a Nazi. And you're like, what does that even mean? And they're like, you're a Scientologist. And you're like, are you okay? Yeah. But it's, you know, I'm making light of it now. But what we're seeing is, I mean, let's let's pull up the data for today. Today is for future listeners. Today is Friday, October fifteenth. Let us pull up the VARES data, because hmm. Yeah, well, we're still at sixteen thousand three hundred and ten deaths as of today, and there is the graph compared to the last thirty years. Right, you yeah. see that vertical yeah. spike. And make this. This is from the bears. And it's not just that that many people are dying. It's that many people are dying and a lot of people are making record-breaking profits. And not only that, we've seen them do it before. I mean, 
we all know the big one, right? January 17th, 1961, or 1960, 61, Eisenhower, beware the military-industrial complex and uh, unwarranted power, you know, and we know that. But, I mean, we yeah. can look back to 03, right? Well, we have to go to Iraq. Or there's weapons of mass destruction. And now we look back at it and we go, all those people dead for nothing. Right. Why would it have changed in 18 years? What What part of it would it have changed? And when you're in it, you look like a crazy person. You go, uh, guys, I don't think this is right. And they go, you're crazy. So you go, well, here, here's Dr. Robert Malone. I'll, I'll interview him. And they go... He doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm like, well, he invented it, but okay. Well, he, here's this guy. Here's that guy. Here's this guy. And finally, you reach this point where people do just look at you like you're insane. But we know again and again, this is exactly how this shit happens. It's a pattern, right? It's a pattern. Like, it's funny. What I found interesting, like, in this whole, like, space, too, is all the work that I've done in uncovering it and I call it selling sickness. Mm -hmm. Um, it is a a whole web and it's their influence. It's really, really deep, but you know, you look at this and you're like, all of a sudden so many people that have worked with me on my, like who have always been supportive of my work have like all of a sudden flipped the, um, flipped it and said, well, that doesn't really make sense, Kim. I mean, this is a pandemic and these guys are, you know, like really out. And I go, Really? These are people who have always done like advocacy work <laughs> who now believe that Pfizer's just all of a sudden this amazing company that's all about I'm like, really? Like I'm sorry. No, no, no. I cannot sure, you know what? If you're in a like in a pandemic, you can find things. I love I believe in technology. If you can go find yeah. something. But I mean, all of that is great. Like, right? I mean, that's what that is what science is should be for. But when you start looking at it, and then you also start looking at all of these other things that go around with it, like um, no immunity, right? Like legal, nobody's nobody's really legally responsible. So like if all of a sudden something happens, they're granted, they have no legal liability, like none, none, nobody does. Yeah. That's what, I mean, so I'm meeting all of these injured people who are a lot of those people that are in some of the bears and that's only a small percent of the people that actually get reported into bears, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Ironically, it's interesting that our government's now saying, oh, that's not a really good system. Well, then you know what? Fix the system. Let's get a system that actually works then. If your guys are saying it's not really great, like that tells me something too. That then, like, I don't know, how do you justify these numbers? But, anyways, I look back and go, um, so that these people, there's no legal recourse. So, companies like Alston Pfizer, who has um, had paid the most, if you would go Google, just go see who. What companies paid the most fines? Um, and it's been Pfizer. Mm-hmm. Um, so like now, like, but here's an opportunity to bring something, make a lot of money. Nobody, even if there's harms and all the people who may get hurt um, or die, um, they're not, you know, there's, they're not going to be held accountable. Then you look at, and I put this in um, the fact that we have to incentivize people like, you know, go like the first one I think that came out was Krispy Kreme. Um, oh my god! If that I wasn't mean, like, the most dystopian <laughs> shit, <laughs> I was like, "Wait, um, we're not talking about health." And is I'm it, pretty sure is that all obesity that a comorbidity? Yeah, totally. I'm like, "Well, let's give everybody um, a free donut a day if you bring in your card for a year." And oh, you people who've not gotten vaccinated, you can come in once a, a week. We're not going to totally leave you out. That was the beginning. Then I started watching. I was like, "Wait, 
this is what we do for marketing. Like if I'm, I've got a client, we're trying to like get um, consumers to buy our product or to try it. You use all these incentives to try to get it. So like, then it was like a hundred dollars a day, you know, for a shot. Then it became get your shot, come to the Minnesota twins game. You can get your shot and come into the, um, the game for free. I'm like, I wouldn't like go get a shot at the twins game. Like that doesn't even make sense. Like it just doesn't make sense. Then it's like, if you bring in, if you get a shot, we'll put you into a lottery to possibly win a million dollars. Like they were trying all these things that just that in itself, again, um, that says something. Spidey sense. The hairs on your neck start going, what is this? Yeah. I mean, if it's not like, if, if, if it's not, you got to be... And then, I don't know if you've watched, like, the politicization of it. Um, I I put... I also... Somebody had sent out this video that was a compilation of all of um, uh, candidate Biden and Kamala. And oh, yeah. I'm not taking of, a Trump vaccine. I'm not taking a Trump vaccine. I want independent research... I need to know what's in it. Four like, to six oh. years. It's or, you know, isn't it isn't it ironic? Trump's coming out with his own vaccine just in time for the election. I don't want the fash vax. Totally. And so then now you look at it and you're like, now it's being mandated. Like what? you don't think poli- like you don't think the <laughs> average person like you must think that we are a bunch of idiots. Like, I don't care. If, like, my thing is. Absolutely. If people want to get vaccinated, absolutely. Like, go do what they want. But do not. It's the it is the mandated piece and the insanity of it. And we're not talking about safety. And we're like and this the idea that um, there's this coordinated global effort and all of these influencers are all coming out um, like, you know, I remember Richard Branson came out and, he <laughs> yeah. got his and he's like, this is safe and effective. I'm like, I'm pretty sure like that word safe and effective means nothing to me anymore because we have watered it down. Like everybody is using the word safe and effective. What does that even mean? Like we don't even know. It's the new, it's the new reflexive Sig Heil. Safe and effective. Safe and effective. Don't question. It's safe and effective. Safe and effective. You're like, you're like, Jesus. Everybody's telling you, it's like, I'm like, I'm not going to listen to like the celebrities who tell me it's to take it. And and then like, you think about like Nicki Minaj, um, whether you like her or not, but like she, all she just did was question. tell her story about, uh, she just said like my cousin's um, yeah. friend's wedding fell apart because he got it and his balls, you know, yeah. blew up. Or something. And literally like all of these people just attacked her and Fauci sent something saying, we've never seen that. And now I guess there's something where they have seen some of these adverse events. All she did was like ask a question and say, Hey, think about it before you go. This is what happened to my cousin. Like she wasn't trying to, you know, like say, don't get it. She wasn't saying any of that. The thing, yeah. The thing with her, sorry for interrupting. No, 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 no. The thing, the thing with her is like, to me, it's not even what she said. My cousin's ball swelled up. I mean, she could have said he grew wings, like whatever. The crux of what she was saying was, and she said this. She goes, "I'm not telling, I'm not telling y'all what to put in your bodies. I'm just saying I want to do my own research." And people yeah. are like, "People are like, oh, does this dumb pop star bitch think she's a molecular biologist now?" Hey, Nikki, where'd you go to medical school? And it's like, what? When? When do we? When can we not question things? 
I have a biology degree. I'm not a nutritionist. When I gained weight, you know what I do when I go to Walmart now? I look at the nutrition facts and I go, well, that has a thousand calories in a box. That's probably not good for me. I should probably stick with broccoli if I want to get rid of my love handles. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a technology expert, but I go, huh, the Sony camera, though more expensive, is in 4K. Huh, these sound panels, I don't understand acoustics. I couldn't I couldn't graph out a sinusoidal wave, but I know if I get some foam paneling around me, my voice doesn't echo. What is wrong with investigating? And it's this whole, you go on a, uh, the app store or YouTube and everything is like elevate black female voices. Sure, fuck it, let's go for it. Progress, baby. Nicki Minaj is like, you should, you should research what you put in your body. And they're like, who is this dumb bitch? And it's like, it's like, what the fuck? I know. It's, and she didn't even, I mean, all she did was just question. And so then you start looking at this, um, that you have major people and like influencers. And, you know, I understand I've worked with the media um, in advertising and you start seeing how like even who's funding them, you know, like we're the only country in the world other than New Zealand that gets ad dollars. Right. So I've seen that forever. Pharmacy like, ad dollars. Um, yeah. Like any. Yep, any pharmaceutical ads. And so, um, you know, you start looking at that. And I, and I remember a story back in the day where 60 Minutes was ready to do a big story on the antidepressants and suicide. And somehow um, the, it got word from the, all of a sudden out of nowhere. The We got a call from, um, Ed, um, was it Ed, whoever the main guy at, for 60 Minutes, the store, um, they got a a call from him saying it's not going to run. Well, apparently somebody from Pfizer who sits on the board of this company said like, you can't have this in, you know, in, in way, um, in the, in the media. Well, like what, like that's where all these things start influencing. And like, who's like, when you see your facts check, fact checkers, like who is behind fact checkers? Like you should always, again, go back to follow the money, just go and then kind of go, huh, that's interesting. Like if that, I mean, all it is, I think on everything, maybe this is where I come back to how I just have naturally always thought is just being curious, right? Yes. Curious, like curious does not mean you have to agree with something. It doesn't mean you won't go along with it, but it's just being curious enough to say, this doesn't feel right. Or I'm just interested in like, you know, I always say to doctors, I'm like, you know, think about it. Like if somebody comes into you and they're telling you they have this side effect or something and you're not necessarily believing it, but just take a step back. Think about it. If you're going to, um, uh, you know, try on a dress, like, um, and they all giggle when I say that, but I say, you know, like, imagine you, 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 you say, I'm going to a fitting room. I never try on a black dress, but be willing to just try it on, try it on. Like, does it look all right? Does it feel all right? Yeah. Can I maybe see it? And if you, you don't have to buy it, yeah. but you need to be curious enough to at least see what it is. Um, and I feel like we as culture, because um, if it's can't, you can't be curious. And sometimes it's not in the answers. It's in the questions that start you it's down. 10,000%. I mean, Voltaire, I always say, and I always butcher it, but the quote is essentially... Uh, the sign of an intelligent man or the sign of an intelligent person is he who can uh, entertain a question or entertain an idea without necessarily believing it. I mean, I've had people come on here and do podcasts with me and talk about tarot cards and talk about astrology. Personally, not not my cup of tea, but who the hell am I? To, I'll go, all right, 
let's hear it out. Yeah. Let's let's. What do you got to say? What do you? And I'll hear it out, and hmm, maybe. But you know what? At one time, uh, at one time, there was a thing called germ theory, where someone's like, I got this idea. Like, what if the everything that's making us sick is just really small, and we can't even see it? People are like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. I mean, Joseph Lister had the idea of like, what if we put, what if we dip the the surgical utensils in alcohol in between surgeries? Maybe we'll stop having like a 90% death rate. He was laughed out of the United States. Now, I mean, good Lord, can you imagine if you didn't, I used to volunteer at hospitals. They take those things, you put them in autoclaves, all like the surgical knives, you burn them at like 200 degrees, you blast them with ethanol and all these antiseptics. But you have to entertain an idea and, or as Frank Zappa said, a mind is like a parachute. It only works if it's open. But to what you said about being curious is, that's one thing I used to I used to love to do. Well, one because I'm antisocial, but when I was pre med in college at UGA, I would never go to lecture. When I say never, I mean I would go to campus like every four weeks, and I would go take a test. I would and this spend was remote Zoom. <laughs> oh, dude, this is before. This is 2013. I just didn't go because I was like I studied faster and more effectively at my house just by myself in my room. I was like I don't need a I don't need a professor. I don't need people talking. I don't need to go get on a bus. It's just a waste of time. It's just all about efficiency. And (laughs) what I used to love to do, though, is like I would I would like in organic chemistry, my favorite class in college, I would like read through a page and then I would like take my own notes and I would just try to formulate like my own rules for what seemed like was going on. It would be like, okay, here's a benzene ring in it. All right. Well, it kind of seems like this happens when this happens. And then I'd go to the next. And I'm not kidding. It would take me like a half hour to go through a page. I had the highest grade in my class literally the highest grade in my class out of 300 people. But I would go through very slowly. You know, it would take me like a week to go through a chapter, but I would go through methodically. You know, I would come up with like my own rules as I went on. And then sure enough, you'd get to the end of the chapter and it would be, you know, it'd be like some scientist and it would be like, here are Dalton's three rules. 99% of the time, they were the ones that I had come up with. So I would try to sort of discover these on my own. You'd be like, oh, you know, rule number one, when a benzene ring looks like this and you have that, you go, yeah, that's, I called it Tommy's rule. But I would do this. And to me, like some people might go, that's a huge waste of time. Like you could just go to the end of the chapter, learn the rules. Sure, you can memorize it and spit it back out and get a good grade. To me, it was all about, it wasn't just memorizing and it wasn't just learning. It was what because at a point, these rules didn't exist. There was a point when some scientist 300 years ago was like, you know, Newton's law is like, oh, I throw this up and it comes back down. There's no textbook to look at. So he was like, what are my eyes and ears telling me? Equal and opposite reactions. You're like, okay, noted, right? So I used to love to go through my books and when learning, I would sort of come up with my own rules. And I would just be like, Tom, it'd be really informal. It'd be like, Tommy's rules. When this fucking thing's over here and you add alcohol to it, you always get this piece of shit and it's a ketone. And I don't know why it happens, but it happens. And then, you know, you get to the end of the book or the end of the chapter and it's like, you know, the ketone equation. And you're like, okay. What I have found how that has helped me is now that has greatly developed like the part of my brain for critical thinking. Mm -hmm. So when I just see something in the news now, I'm like, what are my eyes and ears telling me? They're saying safe and effective. The guy who invented it was just banned from LinkedIn. He's uh-huh. saying we can use generic medication. The big pharma companies are looking at record profits. 
and the media is on board with them. The same ones that, when I was 13, said on the TV that we have to go take out Saddam Hussein or it's the end of the world. And you look at them, and I don't, there is no book to go to the end to, but you start to develop your own critical skills, and you go, hmm. And then you go, guys, I got an idea. What if, what if the generic pills are actually being censored by the big private companies, and people go, shut the fuck up, you Nazi. And you yeah. go... Oh, I think I'm hitting a nerve. See, that's exactly it. Like, I think this idea of um, critical thinking skills, right? Um, healthy skepticism, um, something doesn't make sense. Like, you know, when you just watch and you hear and you're like, why are they so... Um, and I think this more than ever, um, you know, and I hope it's an opportunity that it's shining the light on you know, on what and how the media and how the government and how, you know, big pharma and all that has worked. But, you know, because it's if you actually ask questions or willing to say, huh, this doesn't make sense. And this is where I said, like, be okay to be wrong, like sometimes, too. Like, What if, you know, like I always say, like, I've had people that have called me out and they pointed something and they're like, you're actually incorrect. I was like, oh, actually, you know what? I'm fine. I will change it. Like, I will do that because I'm willing to be wrong. And that's the thing that I don't see. Because even like now, when we, like what, um, I go back to, again, where I'm, where this all kind of learned, um, I learned this through the antidepressant stuff. You know, you go back and when I look at some of the documents that came out from under seal, there was something from the FDA and it was, and it's literally on their letterhead and it said, you know, unless there's, and it was to do with Pfizer um, getting it approved for Zoloft. And it said, and unless there's a significant um, sea of change of society's view of the regulatory agency. So this was during AIDS crisis where it took too long, right? For drugs. Mm. So it's like going through this whole thing. Um, the last line was, um, that we are gonna come, the agency is gonna come under attack from years down the road for not being as demanding as we ought to be for establishing the efficacy of antidepressant products. Mm. Now, this was back in the 90s, this letter. And it took all this time and I'm like, Wait, so they still, to this day, will never admit, maybe we did make a, a, a wrong decision. So they just keep, like, you know, kind of covering it and get new science that's been paid by somebody else to, like, cover it all up to help them still put it in a good package. And I think now to, like, what's happening with um, these vaccines, are we going to ever come back, like, down the road? Are we going to hear anybody say, maybe we made a mistake, Maybe this wasn't the right thing. Will we ever? But because, but we're not going to. Because humans, you know, that's kind of a, one of those human conditions. But it shouldn't be. You know, no, it's hard to admit when we're wrong. And so I think you know a lot of this goes back. Um, I'll still bring it back to Goggins uh, because it's like um, facing things in the mirror, right? Yeah. And um, I've yeah. I've had to. Um, I've had to do a lot of my own soul searching after Woody, you talked about it. Like, mm-hmm. um, how, you know, I got to remember to put on my shoes or get mm-hmm. put clothes, with deodorant. I, mine was, oh my God, I don't even know how to go to target anymore. Like oh, I yeah. had to, re- I had to relearn everything because my life had just, I was no longer, I mean, I was just like in a whole new, another world. Like I'm not even, that world doesn't exist. Yeah. And so during that, I took a lot of like my own, you know, I think from a, mental health and, and all of that, I had to eventually face what was 
what which was the total truth of like the shit show that has just yeah. happened and not try to f- run from it and say yeah. i want my old life you can't do this you gotta yeah you can't blind yourself Goggins you can't pulls off your eyelids yeah like you have no choice and the only thing and i always say and actually i brought it up to my i actually brought it up to my doctor once and i said because she was telling me about a lot of like her middle-aged men clients or something and i said do you ever just tell them to go, I go, do they ever just go look in the, the mirror? She goes, what? I go, don't you know the mirror test? And she goes, no. and she goes, no, I've never heard the mirror test. I'm like, well, the mirror test is you go, you stand in front of a mirror and you're not like checking yourself out going, oh, I look good or I look old or whatever. But you look and you ask yourself a question because your soul does not lie. You can't lie to yourself. You can't lie to yourself. And if you are, like you start like watching you know, your yeah. body language because you're trying to like, it's like you're trying to tell yourself that I'm not wrong. You gotta do like, this and it's that and yeah. this happens. And... Yeah, and like if you actually go and be willing to like own it and accept what is and um, and not fight, you know, I go back and go, I can't fight what happened to me. Like it, it is. Like once I accepted that my life wasn't the dream, you know, like what I wanted and the illusion of it, I had to come back and go, okay, it is here today. Now what? And that became, you know, part of, um, I even think like some of my advocacy work became part of my healing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I also learned that I am a lot stronger than I thought I was okay. as a person and we all have it. So I think, you know, like we all have our circumstances, um, you went through and it seems like in some ways your brother's, um, your brother's death, triggered a whole other thing that has now led you to here and it doesn't take away the pain of losing your brother but the but you've it learned has led me to a a life yeah. better th- and i've said this before it's a it's a horrible catch-22 it but is. the loss of my brother has led me to a a life that the old me if i had wished for it i would have said you're high i yeah i want you you can wake up at noon you can schedule your guests, go to the gym. You can wear sweatpants and slippers and do a podcast and talk about David Goggins and organic chemistry and yeah. <laughs> Pfizer. Do whatever the hell you want and make money off of it. I would have said that's that's too much. It's too. Yeah. It doesn't it, exist. And, it, and it's a it's a bitter swallow. It's a bitter pill to swallow because you're like fuck. So I'm living a better life because my brother's dead. And the way I look at it is, it's not like a. There's nothing to feel guilty about. Instead, it's. It's so the death isn't in vain. You go, yeah, you died. And like, thank you. Because now I am living this life where little things like getting banned from YouTube, like, or with my, when my Photoshop company doesn't work, normally those things would destroy you. But now when someone's like, your podcast sucks, and it's just like, hey, man, like, I got over my brother's suicide. I'm like, I don't, Merry Christmas. <laughs> go fuck yourself. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I think that's it. Like, I think you're exactly right. Stare into the abyss. Nothing bothers you anymore. No. And I think when people say, well, are you afraid? Like, why are you doing this? I'm like, I don't know why I'm doing it. But I I know that. You know what? I'm not afraid. Like, I'm not afraid. Like, you've already taken the worst thing that could have happened to my, to me. Like, if I die, I'll I'll see him again in my life. Like, or, but I live and I say this all the time through. And so I totally get the catch 22 through the worst painful experience of my life, Woody gave me life. Yes. And yes. he gave me life because I f- love life more than I've ever loved life. Oh, yeah. 
I love being able to be and, and express and go find like things that make you happy because this time on our, on this earth is very, very short. And I remember Wood always would say, Kim, you don't, he always said this. He would be like, I'll never judge my life based on how much money I make or my career. It's going to be based on my friends, family, and leaving the world a better place. Yeah. Always. He would always say that to me. Even when I was younger, like I realized he was such my greatest teacher. And I said, and then of course I'd be like, what do you, you don't want a big house? He'd be like, no, I'm not saying I don't want it, but I won't judge my life. Yeah. And so I, now I learned, and I was like, wow, when you gave me all these other things, like this is what we get in life right here. Right. And we get to, um, and it's probably why when I see like, uh, drugs that are trying to, or, you know, like the idea of these, you know, the antidepressants that are supposed to like help you and they don't help you because at the end of the day, you still like, it's a like, it's It's just inside you still, you have to find it and deep inside you and dig deep and, you know, go jump in that open door. Yeah. Yeah. Go open the fucking door. No, but it's it's true though, right? I mean, in college, I used to, I mean, I kept a journal in college and I can go back and read it and it's, I mean, you can see the kind of the cracks in the facade where it's like, do I really want to be a doctor? And then it's like you quickly, you take those thoughts and you put them back in the box. No, you're going to be a doctor. You're going to marry this girl. You're going to go live here. You're going to be Dr. Kerrigan. You're going to do that. The idea of like, even the original idea of like, well, maybe I want to go to pharmacy school. It was like, no, 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 no. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. We're doing this. What if it doesn't work? Now it's like... Yeah, man, fuck it. Gain a bunch of weight, get addicted to drugs, live above your parents' garage for five years in your 30s, have no social life, have no sex life, start a podcast, start screaming at a laptop, and then, yeah. So when someone goes, you know, everyone thinks you're an anti-vaxxer, it just, I mean, it's like throwing a BB at a tank. It's just thinking, I'm like, what? Like, did you say And it's it's not like an arrogance. It's just, what if the podcast doesn't work? Man, I've fucking been to my brother's funeral, man. I've held my crying yeah. mother. Like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, what do you, well, you yeah. know, and it's, he didn't die from cancer. He, he died from a self-inflicted wound. Like, hey, like, yeah. you got to go. There are a lot of nights where you think about, well, you know, what does it look like when, when someone uses a gun on themselves? You know what? You know what? That's the person I love. You know, who found him? What happened when the cops are there? You know, it's, oh, he's cremated. Here's a bag of ashes of my brother. Like, huh? If that's not, if that doesn't kind of record scratch your life and you just go, what are you looking at? Like nothing sobers you up like that. And then it, it throws you into this dark pit of despair and you blame everyone and you're fuck you. You don't know what it's like to feel this and blah, blah, blah. And eventually you get to this point where you're like, Hey, I can go down this road forever. No, it's not fair. Okay. Yeah. But it, there, Hey, there's a billions of people in the, in the world who just happen to be living in Poland in September, 1939, who just happened to be Jewish in Berlin in 1940. Like, yeah, it yeah. sucks. So what are you going to do with it? And what Woody said, and it's what my dad always said to me growing up and still says it is leave the world better than you found it. So at the very least, that's what I, when we used to like rent lake houses in the summer, my dad always say, leave it better than you found it. So we'd have to clean it better than when we first got there. And I always fucking hated that. Cause I was like, why are we doing them a favor? But my logic now is, is I want to leave the world better than I found it for no other purpose than to leave it better than I found it. It's like the quote, uh, a society grows great when, or society grows great when old men plant trees whose shade they know they won't sit under. Just do the yeah. right thing. So, do the right thing. And like Woody said, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with m- having a big house. Hey, I want this podcast to make buku bucks, all right? I want a big fucking house too. Nothing wrong with that. But... I also need to do what I feel is the right thing. So although I can, 
do funny episodes with my friends and talk about, you know, drugs and alcohol and hookers and, you know, a dog humping a tree branch or some weird shit. I can also go, here's on the, here's this physician who's treating people with ivermectin. And I, I truly believe in my soul that I'm watching big pharma in real time block treatment that could have saved 700,000 lives. Man, if there's a noble thing to do, I don't know what isn't. I mean, here's a hill to die on. It's been it's been gifted to you. And then furthermore, I think how lucky are we to have a just fight, right? I mean, D-Day must have sucked, but at least you knew you were fighting Nazis who were burning yeah. women and children in camps. At least you knew you were getting ready for the mainland invasion of Japan because they bombed Pearl Harbor. Imagine getting drafted into Korea or Vietnam and being like, why am I here? We have a just fight. Imagine yeah. fighting not for free speech, but for, you know, better ad revenue. You'd be like, I guess. But instead, we are handed this, like, this just fight. You know, JFK, it's, you know, not because it is easy, but because it is hard. Like, don't look yeah. at it as, like, we have to go to the moon. Look at it like, we're going to go to the fucking moon. We don't even know how to yeah. get there. Our computing power sucks. We have black and white TVs and the president's banging Marilyn Monroe. But God damn it, we're going to go to the moon. And we did it. And there is a greatness in that. So, like... Thank Christ we have a good fight. What if I was just doing episodes just to do episodes? Hey, Kim, what do you do? You do work in advertising. Hey, Tom, we both be sitting here drooling. Instead, yeah, it's like, fuck big tech. I'm taking yeah. the horse medication. We're going to burn it down. And I'm talking to Dr. McCullough on like this and that. And the emails don't work because Google's censoring it. And I'm kicked off YouTube. And it's just like, you know what? I'll take this ride a hundred out of a hundred times. I don't even know what we're talking about anymore, but I get excited and go on rants. I know. I, I, no, I love it. Yeah. I love it. I'm the same. Like I feel more, and I want it for people, like people just, you know, again, it goes back, I think somewhat of mental health too. And like, we're stronger and we're like, when you have purpose, like whatever yeah. it is. And like, you feel like you're more important, I guess, it's like, I believe, and I've always believed um, that we come into this world as um, creative beings. Yeah. And creative meeting beings does not mean artistic, because I did help start an art pro project that I worked with um, abused and neglected kids. But so I always would say this to our volunteers. I'm like, it doesn't mean that I believe that everybody comes in artistic, but I believe everybody comes in this world as a creative being. And that means to be, have the ability to self-express and be um, and say what is their truth and what and who they are and discover who they are, and that to me is a creative life. And when people aren't interested or they've just automatically shut down or and won't allow people to have and speak their truth, and again it goes back to like questions or like, and then people feel they start shrinking. Right? Yeah. It's hard. Like it's hard to do. It is, I mean, a lot of people say it all the time, like, I don't have the courage. And maybe the difference of having that courage is to what you just said about, yeah, you got to see your brother, right? I had to get that call about Woody. I had to um, also have to carry this box that we were throwing out in the middle of Lake Michigan of his ashes. And I'm like, yeah. going, I'm holding this box going, this is well, like, what the fuck, fuck is happening? I mean, literally, I remember going, what the fuck? Like, like I remember my brother Wake up, wake up. Like, yeah, it was like, I just, I felt like it was in a horrible, but when you've had those things, it literally 
shifts you like yeah. it throws you into another and you and then you start going i can't shrink like i have to like i don't want to shrink yeah. um and i think you know um and it's funny again going back to goggins because i just started re-listening to him yesterday again and it was all about like not shrinking and being like bigger you know like taking on something and, and seeing it and so i feel like I don't know. There's just um, what's this? all of that magic to I'm, me. I'm doing the math, man. Have you have you ever listened to the, the DJ Akira the Dawn? His name is Akira, no. A-K-I-R-A, the okay. Dawn, D-O-N, like a mob boss. He's this British guy who lives in, I think, Texas now. I had him on this. This is episode 591. He was on here in, like, episode 80. But he's this guy I've been listening to forever. He's created his own genre of music called Meaning Wave. And he takes like lo-fi beats and he puts people's like he puts people talking over them. So like Jocko Willink or or Joe Rogan or Stan Lee or or just any like anyone like I'll, I'll send you the Goggins when he does. Yeah. And, he, and I'll send it. To, I'll find it right now and send it to you. Um, where the hell I just put my phone? But he so he takes he takes all these like the best speeches and he turns them into like songs and he'll create like whole albums. And one of them is uh, is Goggin is. You'll call it, so if it was about me, it'd be called Tommy Wave or be Kim Wave. So it's Goggins Wave, and he has this whole thing about him, and that's he does all these songs with them, and one of them is like him beating the pull-up record, and he's like, oh. I start doing the math, man. He was like, it's only like four pull-ups a, like a minute. He goes, when you look at that instead of four thousand a day, because I'm doing the math, man. He's like, I'm fucking thinking about this shit, and you just hear him talking, and you're like, Goggins is insane. He's like, I just gotta do this, you, you know. He's, and then, you, but then he also you can sympathize with them. He was like, I remember with the day I started, the day I decided I was gonna lose weight and start running. I went, ran out. I ran a tenth of a mile. I got shin splints, so I got a chocolate shake and I called my mom crying. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, you're like, oh, this guy wasn't always this thing. And he goes, no. yeah. And he that's was like, I, that's what I think I love about it. Like, and it goes like just when you've had tough stuff, right, in life, and we all have tough stuff. Um, you know, some, it just looks different, but I'm, you know, I'm texting, I think about, it, sorry, I'm texting it to you right now. Oh, perfect. I love like when he said, um, when he talked about, um, you know, being like, he goes into say, I'm going to be a seal. And the guy was like, uh, you know, yeah. what? there's only, there's, like, there's oh, only ever been one black guy. Yeah. One, you're going to be like the black guy. And he goes, you're heavy, you're fat. Like you're all this. And I love that there's something also about that. He put it out there as the vision. And I think with everything that we do in life, like even I have like a, you know, we all have to have a vision that this is not the way life, this world that right now, this craziness, like what is our vision? Like what, yeah. you know, we always have to have a, hold something bigger in his head. He saw himself yeah. like he saw himself. Um, he didn't shrink. He, you know, and, and he had, so I, I like that because I love people. Um, I'm inspired by people who have had things, shitty things, maybe came from shitty. They're not your circumstances. Yeah. That we are so much more powerful inside and we shouldn't, like, be, be small and I play just, small. I just imagine, like, we're sitting here and it's like Goggins in, like, a white lab coat. <laughs> and he's, like, in his hoarse voice, he's like, so you tell me I can take fucking ivermectin and it's better than this mRNA bullshit? And you're scared to talk about it because you're going to get banned from YouTube? 
listen up, motherfucker. I ran until I was shitting blood. <laughs> and then you're like, fuck it, we're talking about ivermectin. And it's, I just imagine Goggins is next to me, like breathing down my neck. Like, yeah. what if I told him, like, Goggins, I think there's a huge cover up and we might, we might be living through Nuremberg 2.0, but I don't want to get banned from YouTube. I just imagine Goggins' nose flaring and looking at me and him being <laughs> like, him being like, oh, you know, I'm gonna fuck you to death. And me being like, all right, you know, it's, 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 Oh my god. Well, I always say that when you get, um, this it's is, so funny when you went down the Goggins path. I have not, um, I, that's just so funny. But I always say when you get, when you are censored or you've got people that are calling you out on and saying that you're an anti, anti science, anti whatever. You're a Nazi, um, racist, anti Semite. Um, I'm like, fuck Yeah, you know, like, you're a Scientologist. I'm like, Somebody told me, and it was my lawyer who I have great, great, great respect. You should actually talk to him. Um, him He took, uh, he took, he took on their um, firm um, was the ones that won the first Monsanto against Roundup. Oh, holy shit. Do you think he'd come on my podcast? Do you think he'd come on here? Yeah, Michael. Yeah, I bet you can get Michael in there. Yeah, like he, they took on um, Monsanto and they won that huge um, lawsuit. And that, those were my attorneys and I love them because you know what? They, and so they saw the documents. So he can talk about the whole like kind of pattern, whether it is in pharma, food, you know, there's this whole pattern that is, you know, just kind of repeating itself and it's the tentacles and it's the, how you manipulate. And so, yeah, I think he's amazing, but he would, he's the one Michael would always say, Kim, well, you know, that means that you're doing, you're onto something when they start in, you know, um, when they start actually saying things or calling you out or, you know, whatever. When the insults start, it's because they can't, it's because they can't meet your argument on the, on the battlefield of like academia. Like when they can't meet you with facts and figures is when they're like, well, you're a fucking loser. And I'm like, that may be true. However, <laughs> however, ivermectin has been shown to stop in vitro cell, repl- cell replication. You're a white guy. And I'm like, that's also correct. Hydroxychloroquine. It's just like, what do we want to do, man? And again, when you come from like what you went through and what I went through, those things don't work anymore. Now, if it was in college and I was like, let's say this was 10 happening 10 years ago, I'd be like, you know, Ivermectin, they'd be like, you're a fucking loser. Well, now it kind of has some peer pressure. You're like, yeah, let's just drop it. Let's just, we'll go get the vaccine. Let's go to the twins game. But after you've kind of been through everything, they're like, you're just a disinformation agent. And you're like, that doesn't matter. What's going on here? And they're like, you're killing people. And I'm like, potentially what's going on. It's just, you don't give a shit. And it's, it's it's it just address the problem for what it is. What do these graphs and figures mean? What does this CDC statement mean? What does this mean? Why did the inventor uh, Satoshi Otomura, uh, the inventor of of or the inventor discoverer of ivermectin, who won the Nobel Peace Pro- or Nobel Prize in Nobel Prize in Medicine in 2015 for the use of ivermectin in humans, why did that happen? What does that mean? So it can be used in people. Well, you know, sometimes that. Well, what does that mean? Why are there 16,000? How come between 1990 and 2020, there was 10,000, what, there were 8,000 deaths from 1990 to 2020 across 70 different vaccines? 70 vaccines combined over 30 years combined, there's 8,000 vaccine deaths, all tragedy. How come in the 10 months that the COVID vaccine has been out, how come we've seen 16,000 deaths, double the amount in one thirtieth the time with one seventieth the number of different shots? What does that mean? You're spreading mis. Shut up. 
address yeah. what I just asked. What does this spike in the graph mean? Well, Dr. Fauci, shut the fuck up. What does yeah. this mean? You're a white supremacist. You can call me whatever you want. You can call me Mussolini. You can call me Britney Spears. What does this graph mean? Why did the inventor of the mRNA vaccine get banned? Why did this happen? And you, they short circuit and it's safe and effective. What do you, what the fuck? You know, that, and then that turns you into Goggins and you go, fuck it, I don't give a shit. Like, I'm just going to beat it to a pulp. It's, yeah. Well, it's just like, have a conversation, like, answer or be willing to, again, just the common sense questions. All you're doing is asking the question, like, I don't know, this says one thing. What? Prove, and and, and also, like, prove me wrong. Embarrass me. And you're not, like, again, by attacking you, saying all those things, like, you're like, okay, that's true. No, I am. I have nothing to do with it. Like, I was born this way. Like, that doesn't make me anything other than. I was born a white guy. Um, Don't even address you know, it. You just say correct. You know what I mean? It's just like this insanity of the narratives that keep changing. And I'm like, oh my God. But we actually need people who are not afraid to to do and risk things and speak the you know the truth. And and again, if it's misinformation, um, then okay, then prove me. And we will take, like, I'll take it back. You know, I've, like I said, I've had somebody on something that corrected me and I was 100% willing to, like, step back because I was actually proven wrong on something. Yeah. Not related to this, but yeah. more on my other work. But uh, I'm willing and I think we need to be willing. Yeah. Like, embarrass me and I'll get red in the face and be embarrassed and go, fuck, hey, I was wrong. I was absolutely yeah. wrong and I'm a moron. But it's... The whole idea of, well, this is misinformation and that's, no, the, 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 the ability of us to get to the truth is by a whole bunch of shit flies around first. It's, can you imagine if it was like noon, like noon Eastern on 9-11-2001 and you're in Miami and you're watching like the towers burn and the Pentagon's on fire and you go, you know what? It's a fog of war. I'm getting out of the city. I would imagine the next thing to happen is you're going to attack a city. I'm in a city. Let's get out. Can you imagine if someone went, that's misinformation. Like, Shut the fuck up. I'm, I'm trying yeah. to figure out what's going on. So if I'm wrong about this, I'll be wrong. And the thing I always get to is like when I post this stuff online and people will say, you're spreading misinformation that you're, you're killing people because they're going to. And so I always ask this. I say, did I, like, is this coming from a personal place? Did I, did I, did you look at one of my posts or one of my podcasts and did you take my advice? Did you go get ivermectin? Did you have a horrible reaction and did you get COVID? You know, what happened? And then now you're mad at me because you got duped. Like, did that happen? And the low, 100% of the time, no, that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. why, why did that not happen? Well, because I, I knew what you were saying was bullshit. Okay, so put a pin in that. You knew what I was saying was bullshit. Why can't everyone else around you also determine what is bullshit? If, Kim, you come on here today and you go, Tommy, the moon is a triangle. I don't go, okay, this is misinformation. I got to stop this. No, I go, well, that kind of sounds like bullshit. Anyway, and everyone listening to this would go, that moon's not a triangle. That's bullshit. Yeah. People have reasoning skills. So this whole idea of, did I trick you? Did I trick you into taking ivermectin? No, 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 not, not me. Why not? Well, I saw through it. 
What about everyone else? Who are all these people I'm killing? Well, they're, well, there may be, they don't, no, there may be what? Well, maybe they don't know enough. So you, dear leader, are the smart enough gatekeeper for them. You didn't get tricked by my shenanigans. You know, I took your nose. No, you didn't. You didn't get tricked by it. But all these other fucking mouth-breathing retards, you're the gatekeeper for. You're right because they can't think on their own, right? They don't know what's Iver, what ivermectin. So when you're admitting that they don't know what's right, and you have to uh, curate the flow of information to them. Well, once you admit that, which you do passively, you don't have to openly say, you passively do when you say, I didn't get tricked, but they probably will. What you are implying is, you know what is best. And so why the fuck are we going to stop at vaccines? Should you watch the nightly news every night and let them know what's misinformation about Syria and what's a fact? Do you need to let them know the facts about the Keystone Pipeline? Do you need to let them know about the food pyramid. Should you teach them about the moon landing? Do they, do you got to walk them through everything? Do you have to spoon feed them? And what it is, is deep down, that is what they think. And you see that that's a microcosm. The macrocosm is this fucking nanny state of you've had a bit too much to think about. All right. You just go home. All right. Stop asking questions. You just take this shot. No, go eat a dick. You fucking communist. It, it, that's what this is, is it's you are passively admitting that no one else is smart enough. You saw through my horse shit, but these people, Tommy, you're swindling them. You're swindling them. If I come up to you and say, hey, there's a monster under the bed, did I scare you? No, I'm not. Now, if there are a bunch of like two-year-olds in the house and you're going, but you're scaring the shit out of my kids. Okay, yeah, a little different story. I get that. Yeah. When we're all adults, well, well, she's not smart enough because she she, she doesn't. Well, are, are you a molecular biologist? No, 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 I, 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 I'm I a lawyer. But you saw through my ivermectin scam, yeah. But they can't. Well, no, 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 they're not as educated. So you're the over... You, let's just get to it. You're the plantation owner. You're the smart guy, and you understand. I mean, I'm telling you, it's a Sorry, I'm getting, all, I'm getting all hyped no, up. No, I know. It reminds me of um, one of the things that I remember just going back, and same it applies to today, but it was in my one of my talks at, um, before the FDA on getting warnings. I'm like, don't you decide what information is relevant to people? Yeah. Don't you decide, oh, well, this isn't that important. We won't tell about this little side effect. Give us all the information as to people and assume that we are smart enough to figure out what works for us and what doesn't. But I don't need you. Like, why wouldn't you want to give us all the information? Don't you decide what I need and what I don't need. It's kind of the same thing. Like, well, you people don't really know what we're talking yeah, about. You like, yeah. you people are not very smart. So we're going to, like, tell you that, you know, you're going to, like, just listening to all the, like, the narratives on this. Um, if you get COVID, it used to be the same as, like, with AIDS, right? If you got AIDS, um, HIV, you were going to die. Um, and so it's very much like you get COVID, you're going to die. Like, somehow they were so brilliant in the market. And, yes, people for sure died. For sure. And so I always say, like, I'm not saying that at all. But just the fact that if you say it, you know, like you get it, it equals death. And I think that has been part of the success in a lot of things. And I think it goes back to um, the fear of like, maybe it goes back to just the simple thing of we're afraid, like just the average person's afraid of death. Maybe. Sure. I don't know. I don't know. It's, It's that. And I think, you know, 
deep down inside everyone does like a like a strong leading force you know when everyone's arguing and then you know all the me and my brothers were arguing with mom and mom's arguing with us and then dad comes in and goes this is what we're doing and everyone just kind of shuts up like you hate it but at the same time you know it's like during a like wartime it's like why a wartime president's reelected. there is something deep in our dna that you do want a a strong forward figure there's nothing wrong with that like hey it's scary you know that's, you know, I would have liked to be a doctor because I would always have a paycheck. I'd be a doctor. I'd be working at a hospital. It's scary doing the podcast. I don't necessarily like being the point man. I would much rather work for Spotify and Spotify give me a paycheck. It's scary being the one out in the front making my own trail, but it's what it is. And it's the whole idea of of you, of you're not smart enough. I mean, that's what it used to be was it used to be priests saying mass in Latin because the lay person was too dumb to talk directly to God. No, 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 no. You go, go, you are access to the information and let them choose. I don't need my parents to, to arrange my wedding. I don't need someone to go. We come from a long line of blacksmiths and that's what you're going to do. I'm free like an idiot to go, fuck it. I'm going to go try to start a podcast and it can be a harrowing experience and with a lot of Goggins, but I'm free to do that. And it's, you know, no one has to tell me you shouldn't drink too much alcohol. Every once in a while, you drink a little too much. You end up throwing up in the toilet and wake up with a head with a headache, and you go. Maybe that wasn't such an idea. You go time. noted. Maybe maybe we should pace ourselves. You go noted, right? Or you, I'm going to eat all this ice cream, and then you feel sick, and you go, you know, maybe moderation's good. It's you can learn. You don't. Again, if you're a two year old, it might be different, but really, it comes down to this whole thing, and I also think it comes down to to peer pressure. No one wants to be the crazy guy going, right? Because a lot of people do pull out the card. It's a pandemic. Shut up. I get it. Sure. I get it. But I also know from history that these companies repeatedly have raped the U.S. population of their health and of their wallets. And I just, you know, it's like that meme, uh, you know, one of the weirdest things is how we knew the CIA did evil shit in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, and 2010s. And now we just assume that they don't. <laughs> it's like, oh, they just stopped. Twenty twenty, new year, new me, right? That's that's the that's the CIA. It's an hey guys, it's us. We're no we're not overturning elections anymore. We're not toppling governments. No more human trafficking or drug trades. New year, new me, baby. No, it's the CIA. Yeah. It's the black hand yeah. of death. Like let's you know. So it's I don't know. It's um we've been we've been rambling our mouths for an hour and a half. I was gonna say let's let's wrap this one up for now. I would love to have you back on again. That was fucking awesome. I love talking yeah, to you. Great. That was great. I'm glad you need to listen to David Goggins. Hold on. It's just Goggins talking about but it's rap it's oh yeah yeah and it's all it's repeating and it's yeah i love i can't wait to um, dude you need to listen to it it's incredible i was gonna say we'll wrap up on this note and it's the last song on that one and it's goggins saying that um he goes i believe in god he goes i don't know if you do it doesn't matter whatever you can believe in your own personal god doesn't matter who whatever he goes i do believe there's a god and there's a god that knows everything and the god he has this big list of everything that's going to happen in your life and everything that could have happened. And when you die, he goes, there's no punishment. You go up, you know, for instance, for me, maybe it would be 
if I went up there, it'd be like, well, you were a doctor, but you know, if you had really tried, you actually could have been a podcaster. You could have had a huge podcast and done what you love. And you go, ah, oh. and the God knows everything. And Goggins goes, you know, I go to, you know, in one life, maybe I go to heaven. He goes, hey, you're 300 pounds. He goes, you know, if you had really put your mind to it, you maybe could have gone and become a Navy SEAL or something, right? Or maybe you could have done this. Maybe you could have, you know, whatever, broken a push-up record. Goggins goes, I want to get to heaven, and I want God to look at me and go, I know everything, and I didn't fucking see this. Yeah. I want God to look at me and go, Best case scenario, I had you losing the weight and becoming a Navy SEAL, but you became a Ranger and then ran ultimate ult, ultra marathons. That wasn't on the. And I know everything. I wrote the story. He goes, I want to get to heaven and God go. I didn't write this script. That's cool. To me, and of course it's Goggins, so it's just fuck this, fuck that. But that's what I, I want to get to heaven and go. And I know everything, and I didn't fucking see this. He goes, that's what I want. I want God to go. You ran how many miles? That wasn't in the, that's what Goggins, and that's what I want is I look at it and I go, I want to get to heaven or wherever. And I want God to go. Yeah. I mean, you were, you did the thing. You decided not to go to medical school and you lost your brother. That was all planned. And you went and did a podcast, but you did this, you know, just golf clap. And then, you know, that's what I want. That's what fucking gets me going. It's so funny. I, I have that same thing of like, when I get to the, like, heaven, I want it to go, I, like, I, I want to see the same person that, that, like, the vision of who I should have, like, could have been. I want that person and who I am to be the same. Not, it's kind of the same thing about yeah. same, yeah. right? Like, here's what, who you could have been if you weren't, like, afraid and you didn't yeah. do. Here's, like, I want it to go, wait, they're the same person. Yeah. Or it's like, like it's, they're the same person. Or it's you like, did, you did it. You were not afraid. You, you know. And I think that's such a great like message yeah. on life. Yeah. And I love the Goggins. Like it's the same going. Wait, I know everything, and I didn't see this. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's you know, you got a seventy on the test. If you studied, you could have got a hundred. And Goggins is yeah. like, no, I'm going up there, and I want God to go. There wasn't even a bonus question, but you got a hundred and five. Yeah. How, the, how the fuck? Okay. That's what I want. I love that. I love yeah. that is, I'm going to think about that today in my... That's um, Yeah. So don't even... I, not the here's you if you weren't scared and oh, here are you in the same... No, 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 no. They go, here's you yeah. if you were perfect and weren't scared and and then the actual you is looking down on that person and being like, nah, man, you could have gone further. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. You got to be I Goggins. Break it. I love that. Like, I love that. So I know. good. David Goggins. So good. He's the best. Kim... Wit, Witzek, yeah. Witzek, Kim Witzek. Thank you so much for coming on. That was fucking awesome. I'd love to have you on again. And yes, um, great. thank you, Dr. McCullough, for putting us in touch. Please, I, I, I texted you that Akira the Dawn song. Please put me in touch with uh, that lawyer who took on Monsanto. Yep, that would I be, absolutely will. That Michael Bond. That would be really fucking cool. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your story with me. Thank you for letting me talk about mine. It's uh, It's nice to talk to someone as convoluted and as crazy as myself. It's nice to talk to someone else who knows who knows the insanity. It's like, normally I tell this story and people are like, all right, bud, you know, take a chill pill. I'll talk to you. And you're like, fuck yeah. And you, you know, <laughs> I'm like, yes. God, this is, it started, I think it started all with like, just mentioning the Goggins. But I think it is like, I love having conversations with interesting people. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't matter, like, it's just you know it's you can't have this conversation with a lot um, oh. with 
everybody. And it's not, and that, that's okay. Yeah. Can't that's have this okay. conversation with most people. Can't really have it in public. And, you know, mo- yeah. some people might call the cops if you have this conversation with them, you yeah. know? It's, I, I like it because normally I tell this story and people are a little uneasy, but you just take it and you're like one step further. You're like, yeah, I'm dumping the ashes into the lake. And it's like, fuck, it's Goggins. Just bring it up another level. It's like, fuck yeah. It's, you know, it's. I could actually bring it up another level, like um, just to like the craziness of it. All right. Threw Woody's ashes in the lake. And literally my brother-in-law who became, he was the one that like, you know, became my right-hand person going sure. out to DC. We look down, you know, we're in the middle of Lake Michigan. All of a sudden there's this like red book floating like this right in front of the, at the edge of the boat. And I go, oh my God, does that say what I think it does? And he goes, yeah, it was a red book in gold letters, it said the Holy Bible, and it floated right by what? us. That's fucking beautiful. I mean, seriously, and every time I'd be going back and forth to D.C., and I've been out there like 50-sometimes, every time I look, I fly over Lake Michigan, and I was like, what the hell? Like, that, how did that even happen? That, like, and so I look at that and go, oh, yeah, there's, like, such a big world that we don't even understand, that we need to understand, like, but I'm like, my, my brother, John had this pet turtle, like all when we were, we had dogs, we had cats, we had everything, but he had this turtle named boxer and it was just this fucking turtle, you know, maybe walked two feet in its life. Just this big fat turtle, whatever. And we just always had, it. And it was always just kind of funny because it was, it's just boxer. And, uh, years passed, you know, that was in Georgia. Now we're in New Hampshire, or we're in Maryland. And it's like two years to the day, uh, John's anniversary of his death. And we're up in Maryland where there's, I mean, maybe like birds and shit. My mom opens like the door and on like the, like up a couple steps, there's just this fucking like turtle. We had never, never seen a turtle on my, I've never seen a turtle anywhere but like a pond. And on the front steps on John's anniversary is just this like little turtle. And it's like, how the fuck did you even, and I remember we all just kind of looked at it and it like wasn't sad. It wasn't happy. It was just like. All right. It was just the game's bigger than I know. It was it's like the game's bigger than we know. Yeah. It's like that's such a cool yeah. story. You're, yeah. You're like your brother. Like it's bigger than and kind of yeah. playing a joke on you. Yeah. A yeah. Bit. A little kind of like a wink and a, a nudge. Like, like a wink. Like yeah. yeah. I'm still here, guys. Yeah. Like I, I just. Yeah. 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 I, it's yeah. it's not it's not closure. It's not necessarily happy. It's not necessarily sad. But it's just this little. Huh. You're like. All right. You know, like I, see, like that I little see. smile that you got. Little, see the little smile yeah. on the wing. Like, huh, thanks. Like, You're like, you're like, good one. You're like, I, you're like, I get you. I don't know what yeah. it is. I, it's so weird. I totally, no, I totally, it, totally. Shit still yeah. happens. To, shit still happens to me, like, yeah. on his anniversary. It's, things will still happen where I'll be like, hmm. It's just like a little, you're like, all right. It's, you're like, yeah, I get it. I mean, oh, it's, yeah, we can just, do our next. Our next, like, one, we could do an entire episode on the craziness. Like, oh, yeah, no, the, I've, I've got the stories. I mean, all of this, like, um, advocacy and stuff that we did, like, literally, like, it would be random things. You know, my brother and I would be like, uh, who do we need to beat next? We're like, oh, Senator Grassley. And it's because he was investigating something. And literally at the airport at 5 a.m., Eric, my brother-in-law, goes, uh, don't look now, but I think there's Senator Grassley sitting there. I'm like, what? Let's go. And he goes, no, 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 hold on. 
he goes, he goes, let me just go make sure. Cause I don't even know what he like looked like. So Eric walks over and he's like, Senator Grassley. And so we ended up having a half hour meeting, just the three of us with Senator Grassley. So fast forward and like, I'm getting in inter- just grilled on by Pfizer's attorneys during the legal stuff. And they're like, well, how did you meet Senator Grassley? Cause they, they didn't want to know anything about Woody. They wanted to know who to- who I told everybody who knew what in DC so they could kind of keep an eye. And, and he said, well, how'd you meet Senator Grassley? I'm like, well, it was 5 a.m. in the morning. Like it was just so, and they're like, what a, like oh, everything. And, I go, and here, there he was. And they're like, what? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Like I just, I don't make this shit up. Like, yeah. I, I just, no, no, we can do a whole episode on like weird occurrences like that, but no, it little shit kind of, ha- but it's like, think what Alan Watts said about like, like in the Buddhist sense, like the Godhead or like yeah. what it is, is it's not, it's not peace. It's not happiness. They call it, I think they call it like the jester. What it is, is like, it's God, it's God looking at you with like a tiny wink and a nudge. Just like, yeah. it's like totally. being in a haunted house and like seeing like you're scared shitless and like Frankenstein looks at you and just gives you a wink and you're like, Oh, it's so it's, that's that's what these like signs are it's not some like you know sunlight and like a dove flies by no it's just like a little thing where it's like uh pay attention where it's like hey hey, like you know it's like a a, yeah it's like a it's like a fist bump you're just like i got you and you're like oh and then yeah and then you know and then and then it's goggins just screaming what the fuck and you know life's hell and but then it's just another little like come on now Oh my God. I love, this has been like such a great. Fuck yeah. Um, this has been wonderful. Like, I loved it because we were all over the board. That's that's literally how I do all of my podcasts. Is, yeah. Is, and I love life yeah, this way. It's, that's the only way I can, because this is what real conversations are. Real conversations yeah. aren't, well, tell me about your time in the advertising industry. No, fuck that. That, you know, that will lead me to suicide. That's what yeah, will lead me to suicide. That is boring. That, that is just a part of my life. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. No, it's, um, we're rambling. We'll cut this one off because I'd love to do another one with you. But um, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for sharing your story. And I'm glad you love David Goggins. I'm actually probably going to start listening to that album again right now. And uh, I'm just going to, ahead of time, I'm just going to say you're welcome because you're going to love it. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm loving it. So I'm already going to go listen to it. So thank awesome. Thank you so much. It was wonderful talking yeah. to you. I'll text you when it's up. And uh, God bless. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Have a great day, and um, I'll put you in touch with Michael, and let's do it again. Fuck yeah. Thank you so much. All right. God bless. Stay safe, everybody. Peace.